welcome to episode 14 of Big Boss Battles, Big Boss Babble. Uh, this week we have uh, Toby. Hello. And we have Dan. Hello. No George this week. It's uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend for him, so uh, he's he's out and about with family, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, as we started to record, um, Dan and Toby noticed that there was an update to RimWorld that was quite exciting. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're just going to cut over to that now. We're going to cut to that. You can have a listen to that, and we'll be back, we'll be back uh, in a few moments. Yeah, right. So it is episode 14. Oh, sorry. Just noticed RimWorld has officially entered beta now. Ooh, has it now? Yeah, it's no longer alpha 17. It's beta now. Oh, it is, yes. Beta 18. What's changed? Oh, what's th- what's this laser beam that's shooting something? What? What? There's like an ion cannon from uh, Command and Conquer. There's like a big light beam just beaming down onto a farm and like a, a halo of light around it as if it's been nuked it's or, or laser-stilled. meteorites, auroras, what? tornadoes, <laughs> quests, <laughs> stories... What? You can build guns. Oh, you could build guns before. Yeah, Unless it's, uh, like, more. different guns. Infinite chem reactor. Orbital bombardment target. There we are. Orbital bombardment. Vanometric power cell. Shit. Yeah, swamps. Whoa. You can... Uh, more mental break. Prisoner rescue quest, so you can actually go out and rescue the people that get dragged off from your base. Yeah, there's caves now. Caves? <gasps> like caves and mountains with new things. Oh, they made the bedrolls official. Ooh. Now you can... <laughs> when you leave, when you go to the spaceship to finish the game, you don't just finish, you have to like power it up and fix it. Ooh. <laughs> I was hoping that they'd have it so that when you finished... Oh, right, yeah, the hidden spaceship, rather than the one that you used to be able to build at base. Yeah, I remember building it, and it was just like, oh, I've built a spaceship now. You could build one and then leave, but then you now get a call from an AI somewhere, don't you, saying, hey, I've got a ship here if you want to leave. But then you have to do the whole launcher ship thing to get to it. I I haven't actually got around to doing that yet. It's it's kind of cool. But the launching is really hard because you're essentially trying to pack up your entire base into into these launchers and just propel yourself, set up, build more launchers, <laughs> propel yourself, set up. And that doesn't feel that nice. It's what would be nice is if they had it so you could have multiple settlements. Obviously, you can kind of do it at the minute but with some modding, but multiple settlements, but they had it so that your characters were smarter when you weren't there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be nice, so that you could just leave home base and they'd tick along. You know, it, it so kind of almost... like the Sims where they switch on free will. Yes. When yeah. you leave, so it can, yeah, it can. It can say, itself. wait a minute, yeah, yeah, and it, it can basically do what the enemy bases do, where it can go, wait a minute, we haven't got any food, and then they repurpose stuff. You know, yeah. that would that be, would be a do. lot of AI though. Yeah, but then you would end up with someone writing a program of just building a big von Neumann machine and by then the entirety of the planet is just your colonies. Where they just expand it, yeah. And I mean, but how cool would it be if you could also have a colony and then the next tile along you settled the colony and so effectively they bridge. Yeah, and you had a double base and 
They yeah. could, like, one is dedicated to farming. Yeah, and they just transfer the stuff between it. So, yeah, yeah, and, like, building a base cool. in the mountains, so you've got a whole map which is just for, like, storage and food and another one yeah, for, like, yeah. people. That'd be and really one cool. at the entrance, which is the only one which is dedicated to security. That's it. That, oh, this game always makes me so excited <sighs> when something happens about it. I know, it's just the the, the, the one more thing building. Yeah. Swamps as bogs now? Meteorite impact. That sounds... Yeah. Intri- you get some mineable war, but I bet it always lands slap bang in your bloody base on top of your most yeah. important... Yeah. Ooh, it's got like the uh, dwarf fortress thing where like combat equals a story. A major rework of melee combat and a new way to report all combat interactions. Story for combat generates a combat log that reports each blow, miss, swipe, block, and fail (laughs) in the combat. During or after a fight, you can review the combat log to see what happened to generate a richer story. I mean, at the minute, yeah, you just have a llama bash into your character, and then it's like, is missing two two fingers, llama bite. But yeah, Yeah. that'd be be so cool. You can have a mental break where you just go start a jailbreak. Oh, and just let everyone out. Yeah. <laughs> so if you actually had like a, a wow. If you would if you were actually properly running a a a, a big jail setup where yeah. you were going out and raiding places and dragging people back, then yeah. You can oh. there's a whole new tech tree for building spaceships. Boompaloats can be milked for chem fuel now. <laughs> but they're I just have... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I guess that they are literally explosive. I guess yeah, you could probably get some gasoline or something like that from them. Hey, hey, look at the wait, in the mental <gasps> breaks. Wait. You can go queue on. orders. Oh what? Could... Like clear yeah, that, do that. Yeah. Like do this and then go do that. That's really cool. I'm I'm just looking uh, at the mental breaks list and there's corpse obsession, where they ooh. dig up a corpse and <laughs> drop it on a meeting spot table or in a random busy area and then return to normal. <laughs> Sorry, what? They they literally they break <laughs> and they go off and dig up a corpse and dump it somewhere where everyone's gonna see it. So I guess it's kind of like going, they're dead. I can't look. They're dead. Everyone and then they just go back to doing what they're doing. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty pretty deep. Slaughter oh. kills all your animals. Did you see this uh, mental inspirations, the opposite of mental breaks, where they give you a boost so Ooh. you work faster or oh, you that's cool. or you walk faster. Yeah, ra- yeah randomly you'll just get a slight boost like the golden yeah. age and Civ. That's very cool. That's cool. Ooh. World yeah. features are now named, so you can have the the Moonblop mountain range. That's, That's cool. Very cool as well. It's good. This is a lot of this is this is a bit of everything, isn't it? Really, sometimes yeah. they're focused on one thing, but this is a lot of flavor stuff, like the story <sighs> combat and the and the the named map locations, but also yeah. It's It's a mental break where you just go wild and they just run around like an animal and you have to tame them to get them back into your group. 
that's like going native, I suppose. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, and then, you know, you have to rehabilitate them into humanity. <laughs> sleeping yes. mechanoids? So you can just stumble upon a bunch of robots sleeping and you can attack them. Enemy oh, ambushes? powered down. That's cool. I was always I was always hoping one thing they were going to add in is that with the big mechanoids, if you can get someone close enough, you can just turn them off. That's something <laughs> that I always wanted good. because nobody wants to do that anyway because they've got like chain guns yeah. and massive laser uh, cannons. But if you could get someone up to them with a knife or something, they can just go. Yeah, no one wants to do it. Shut them down. Yeah, any yeah. ambush. So I presume if you're just walking around the map, you could just randomly be attacked. I think I have been ambushed before. Oh. Maybe it's more variants. Or Maybe something. it's a proper ambush, as in Maybe. people spring from different sides of the map and rush you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be horrific. Uh... <laughs> I haven't actually done any of that, because I don't really move around the overworld. Can you, like, build stuff? The in caravan you, like... stuff, you can only have one proper base at once, but you can go out to another location with a group and mm -hmm. you can go into the towns or the enemy areas and storm them and kill them and load everyone into the caravan and then okay. do a journey back. But it requires a lot of effort. You you need a lot of food in order to get there and get back. Yeah, yeah. And then if the weather but... changes, then you risk losing a lot of people from doing it. It's very much a late game thing. And like, like I said, the frustration is you send out all of these people like that. You find a place that's better than your base. If you leave it, it's not necessarily the same. I know that some of the ambush mm -hmm. points just disappear from existence and it's it's different when you re-enter that tile next time. But I imagine uh -huh. the bases are different. Right. But... Can you, if Ambush does quickly put up a wooden wall and a turret down, can yeah, you actually build on these elements? Yeah, 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 any uh, any area, game area that it dumps you into. It's like having wow. a tiny map. The one that I went into was about the same size as, oh, I don't know, it's probably maybe a, maybe 50 tiles so by cool. 70 tiles. And what was, it was, I, I sent my three best people, which was a stupid decision, but basically one of them got shot and injured, and then the other one got shot and injured, and we survived. But oh. it was winter, so we had to scavenge, because we didn't bring any medical supplies, because I thought it would just be a case of nipping up the road and back, because it was only two or three tiles that we needed to move. But I had uh. my one remaining person build or lay down... Uh, bedrolls because i had that mod on lay down yeah. bedrolls have the people rest go harvest some healing root try and cure them while everyone's freezing to death because we can't get stuff up and then you know one of them recovered from a coma in time the other one didn't and we dragged off one of the people we'd wounded and and got away and it was it was really once again good for that kind of emergent storytelling but damn was it hard and damn was i unprepared but you know what can you do I should really do like an, another game focusing on more than just my single tile because this sounds like you can like build proper like faction stuff and like wow. there is there is a lot there is a lot of faction stuff going on uh, and I think your group is actually called a faction by default as well so I imagine uh, yeah, yeah. I mean from if I remember the dev diary correctly you can have multiple or it's programmed so that you could have 
two or three or four bases and you just still click people and it jumps between them but i think if i recall correctly he had i think i tried that at some point he'd restricted it so that you you couldn't do that because it wasn't very well balanced but when you when you do send out a caravan and if they are in a tile then you can still click back to the other base to see what's going on yeah that's all you can yeah. do there's tornadoes now imagine a tornado ripping through your base that's ridiculous I mean, it wouldn't affect me because I just build everything in a mountain, but yeah, that could really be interesting. Like, you could buy all the trees. There That's you go. You've now got to survive another. Oh, yeah. There needs to be something about building tree or about growing trees rapidly. To be honest with you, because the whenever I play, one of the main things that happens is those damn alpha beavers. Uh, they never really do anything for me. They just stay in a corner of the map, and I just... You know, God, they, they eat all my damn trees. And and then if I do kill them off, there's always, like, a big ridiculous storm afterwards that burns down the yeah. rest of them, and massive wood shortage mm. in my... I build a large... Like, I normally build in, no, sort of, like, valleys. So I've got the mountain, and then, like, a small area protected by a long line of defences, so I've got a large amount of grass and bushes and stuff within my defences. That makes that sense. Really yeah, yeah, you thing. kind of like wall off one of the entrance ways to it and then... Yeah. yeah. yeah I love I just to... digging into the mountain and having traps and making it really my, Some of my favourite bases have been done like that, wherein there's been kind of a walkway into a clearing mm. in the mountain and I've just walled that off and set up defences. It's nice because you don't have to worry about putting up four walls and defending on from four directions. Although yeah, you still got sunlight and yeah. dirt and stuff. That's it. Uh, what was I going to say? The only problem that I've had with that sometimes is people burning to death if you don't set up ventilation. Mm. Uh, if there's a fire somewhere in one of the tunnels, then the heat gets ridiculous and then people kind of black out and, and yeah, uh. you have to vent or, or force all of the doors open to drop the temperature. That's happened a couple of times for me, but then I've also built that into traps and had it so that all of the heat, all of the cooling in the in the base is venting into a very thin tunnel that covers yeah. three sides of the base. What? I'm on a podcast, yes. So that when anybody tries to mine in, they walk into the tunnel and the temperature in there's kind of like a couple of hundred degrees, and so they black out, <laughs> and so that deals with a lot of the raiders. Yeah. Oh yeah, I always wish they had like um. Proper ventilation, because ventilation got like actually have a tunnel and vents, but you, you could have like vents on top or below. Yes, yeah, that would be good I, if you could just, yeah. I guess but, that was why I'm loving oxygen, not included so much. They can just have a massive vent system which does everything, which is pretty cool. I do, I do like that. That has the various cycles in it. I must give that a go. I think I bought that today. And we're back. A fantastic. few moments. <laughs> a few yeah. moments was like twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It does sound good. I must admit, I started it up earlier on today, Rimworld. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a go at Rimworld, and then I just couldn't remember how to play it, and I turned it on for about five minutes, and then turned it off because I've just lost all my knowledge of that game. Yeah, there's still days where I'll I'll try and do something in Rimworld and go, wait, no, they removed that like however many years ago. <laughs> like when I first started playing. There was no such thing as storage. You would have an item in the world, you'd interact with it, and it'd just go into your magic floating storage. Like, there was no yeah. dump zones or anything, or no waste. It just all oh, was I magic. I prefer to have that now. 
I believe yeah, they was... setting up massive storage places. <laughs> I know, but it was really weird that there was no such thing you know, having a central storage area or... Yeah, I do for it now, but it's just the difference and as before cooking or anything. Anyway. It was like Alpha 5 or something. Anyway, Before we get back bit, into but... another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about the, the little win that happened this week and the fact that uh, loot boxes have been taken out of uh, Battlegrounds too. They've been disabled temporarily. Temporarily. Just... But obviously yes. they've also been deemed illegal in, what was it, Belgium? Belgium and France oh, are okay. concerned that they're illegal and are looking to get them banned in the EU. Hawaii has called them a casino and is looking to ban it in America. And the Victorian Commission for Gambling, people who decide what I get to do, want to limit them to our games. Wait, so, wait, yeah. your 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 stuff is called Victorian? Yes. Because you're in Victoria, the, I guess. Yeah, the Victorian Commission for Gambling and Licensing something, anyway. So if I... When you say R games, do you mean, like, restricted? R-rated. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, R-18, now, which in, is a good in, idea. In Australia, do they work the same as AO in America, so they're not allowed to be sold physically? Yeah, you have to... Well, of course, there's always the mother coming in with the child, but legally, you have to be over 18 to purchase the game. Ah, right. No, see, so see, in America, it's different, whereas if... If they were if they were deleted gambling in America, they would get an AO rating, which is adults only, and retail stores will not stock them. I think retail stores still stock them here. So you have to show ID. It's more or less like alcohol. Yeah. They're in stores. You have to prove that you're over eighteen to purchase them. Thanks, fair enough. But I'm sure are, are so, we all agreed that this is a good thing. Yes. Good. It needs to be classified. Although this is a slightly dangerous way of doing it. Yeah, I think this is a a very, uh, yeah, basically. It's going to have repercussions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, I've, this is something I was thinking of the other day, is that, I mean, obviously loot boxes are random stuff. And obviously, with in the case of battlegrounds, can potentially give you uh, an advantage in game. Um, how is the ruling going to affect games like Hearthstone? How does how does it affect the gameplay in PUBG? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. There is, I think, there is a difference here between yeah. locking elements of progression and locking bits of content between things that you have to pay for. But then even then, the Star Wars Battlefront stuff, you could unlock without spending money on those. So, But you could I mean, spend money to possibly get a yeah. better thing. And it was the, you don't know how much money you're spending. You could spend a dollar and get the best character in the game, or you could spend a hundred and get nothing. But, could, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Is there a chance that you can get nothing in Star Wars Battlefront? Like, you open the box and there's nothing in it. I don't think so. You'd probably just, at the worst, get like a duplicate or maybe just coins. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing, really. I mean, if you're always going to get something from it, then yeah, sure. You know, but, but it's how much you get. That's it. Uh, if you get something worth a hundred points, two hundred points, or a thousand points, surely you could just say a hundred points equals zero. Two hundred points is now a hundred points. Yep. And just put it all to the baseline. Yeah. 
because if I mean, you're always getting something, then the least valuable thing is effectively nothing. Agreed, yeah. yeah. But my point is, is say, again, you take a game like Hearthstone, where you you buy card packs, and in those card packs you can get better and better cards. So Hearthstone, technically, if you boil it down to its base level, mm. it is pay to win. Yeah, but so is Magic the Gathering, in which case... yes. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's I what, think that's Wizards what I mean. of the Coast is actually worried. Obviously, they, it, that is a thing that's happening. In a real world scenario with a collectible card game, yeah, that's fine. That's what the whole basis is. But in a game like Hearthstone, where it is a purely digital thing, there's no physical items at all, would it still come under the same classification? Even though in that kind of game, it's that's kind of how is the game is. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, you're it spending is a collectible money for card unknown. Game. Yeah. It is a collectible card game, yeah. yeah but, under, it is. but under the new laws, if they get banned for or loot boxes get banned, is this going to end up ruining games like Hearthstone and the new Magic Jewels and and things like that? Are they all potentially? Gonna, it's going, to get it's going further than that. That apparently physical card games will probably come under the same thing that Magic the Gathering and Pokemon and stuff will have to deal with this as well. Because you're spending a set amount of money for something you don't know what you're getting. No, see, I think there's there's an easy way to distinguish that in the fact that you're getting a tangible physical product. Yes, but so with going to a slot machine, you're getting a tangible product, you just don't know how much you're getting. Uh, I think I think the difference is with a slot machine, you can get nothing. True, Whereas true. when you buy a pack of seven cards, you're going to get seven cards. You just don't know what they are. And similarly, if you spend money on... A loot box in Star Wars Battlefront, you're going to get something. You just don't know what it is. Yeah. If uh, uh, the, the the problem is when Battlefront was first announced and everyone was going nuts, you know, there was someone who was like, "Oh, you'd need to spend two thousand four hundred hours to unlock everything in Star Wars Battlefront." Uh, and that was the number that everybody stuck with. That was the big thing on Reddit. But then I there's someone at work who works in uh somebody works in the warehouse at work has played you know 20 odd hours of the game now and they've won enough fights and they've got enough points that they've unlocked some of the heroes that they wanted they don't want every single hero not everybody wants every single hero when you play league of legends you don't have access to every single hero unless you pay a bunch of money but you are buying specific heroes when you do that yeah so it's like there there is definitely a problem in the, in the a developer is building a game to try and incentivize people to spend money to get content to use content, there is a problem with that. But, but getting it all slapped as gambling, sending it all to the gambling commissions rather than fair trade or trading standards, it, it opens up. You know. But also, you you bring up a good point there, Dan. When you when you you know saying, saying about unlocking certain characters and things. But then you brought up League of Legends. Yeah. Difference there is League of Legends doesn't cost 60 quid to play the game. Is it free oh. to start? It's free. Yeah. Ah, there you go. And you pay for the characters and the characters, you know, they do range because there's higher end characters and lower end characters. Some of the lower end ones, they're like a quid. To buy a yeah, character. I have they, friends who have spent over a grand the, on the game. I think even at the top end, the, a, a person's only a fiver. But if it's going to be a character... Oh, they can, they can go more. Again, yeah, you can go more. I mean... But even Especially then, with skins and such. What do they say about three hundred, three hundred dollars or something? If to buy the whole lot, if you wanted everything, 
So it's not a massive amount, but the, I think the, the, cru- the crux of the point there is the fact that League of Legends is free to start. Yeah. Battlegrounds is costing you $60. We should definitely go more with free to start rather than free to pay. Yeah, that is they, something that's good. That's, that's going to be the problem now where they go down this ban route is that there's going to have to be very strict uh, a framework put around it. Like, for example, mm. okay, you can have loot boxes if your game is free. Or you know things things like that. It's got it's got to be more about the case of you can't sell a game for full price and then want any even more. You sell it cheaper or even put it out for free. We're okay with that. That's cool. But yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it. You shouldn't have necess- You shouldn't have mechanics locked behind money. But then you can unlock all of those in Star Wars Battlefront just by playing the game. Yeah, maybe you can. Maybe there must be but like also a time. You can like... do that in League of Legends, and it's still free. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, maybe that's my point. Something like what Dan was saying: within twenty hours, if you if you are a good player for twenty hours, you should be able to get say fifty percent of all the characters, or whatever we decide, whatever percentage decide enough, so that even if you don't want to spend money, you can still get a good gameplay out of it. I think it's a. Uh, the problem here is that we've got such a big extreme because Battlefront was never going to launch for free. If it had launched for free and all of this in, people probably wouldn't complain anywhere near as much, but some people probably would. Uh, EA do have a solid point in offering this stuff for money because not everybody has the time to play yes. and they don't Should mind an putting option. a bit of money down. Yeah. Uh, but then value money versus value when it comes to digital only products touching on what terry said is such an odd conversation to have because look at things like world of warcraft there are people out there that have been subscribed since the first day that launched and some months they won't log on and play because life just got too busy and too hard and you don't see them taking activision to court saying hey i paid for a month's subscription to this and I didn't actually do anything, so can I have that month back? Can I have my sixteen seventy nine back or whatever it is? And so kind of value for money and time and and what it's actually worth when it comes to digital products that you can't put your hand on or hold or even sell on as well, that's the other thing. Uh so you don't effectively actually own anything because you can't earn anything back as a result for it. Mm. Uh but even you know, where, where do you draw the line? You bring up WoW as well. There, you know, Blizzard have obviously been doing it for so long now that they've kind of got it down to an art form. Um, the good players in WoW don't pay a damn thing anymore because you really? can actually exchange gold, in-game gold, oh. for uh, you know monthly subscription time or whatever it is. So yeah. the top the top players in World of Warcraft that are just getting tons and tons and tons of gold don't pay a penny anymore. Yeah. You should like, be able like to not once you have purchased the thing either for free or for twenty, forty, sixty. You once you have the base product, you should be able to, if you want, have an enjoyable time without spending a penny more. But if you want, you can spend more money. That is how the system should work, really. But yeah. And I don't think that's how it works in Battlefront. That you, it'd probably be a less enjoyable experience without paying money. 
No, I think I, th I mean I think the 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 fact of it is 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 the whole randomness of the whole situation. If it was a game and they went, okay, this character is going to be three dollars, this character is going to be six dollars, but this is exactly what you get. It's still not brilliant, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have a big issue with it. It's or maybe like you have to get to level twenty to unlock Darth Vader and level forty to unlock Luke, so that you know how to get to these characters, but there is still a shortcut. But there's not like you have to play for who knows how many hours to get Leia. Yeah, I mean, it's as long as the gameplay itself is is skill based. Even if you've got these characters, like Vader. Even when you've unlocked him in-game, you still need to get a certain amount of kills in a battle in order to play as them. Right? You don't get to go in as Vader from that point on. You still need to unlock you still need to unlock them in the level like a kill streak. So there's no So if they had a storefront and they said, look, yep, you can play for eight hundred hours worth of games, give or take, depending on how good you are, or if you want, you can give us sixty quid now and you'll unlock all the content as a shortcut pass. And do what you want. You know, I'm surprised Activision haven't done that with Call of Duty because so many people buy the game, grind up to the top level, and just stay at the top level and don't prestige, which is when you restart, just because they can't be bothered with unlocking other stuff. There's so many people that buy that game, and it's one of the few games that they buy. They'd probably be willing to drop another forty quid to have all of the all of the unlocks, level one, level two, whatever, 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 unlocked, so they could just start working on on the attachments and, and stuff that you unlock by playing. Or they might even pay to unlock those as well. I mean, different business models need to be tried and we need to find something that works in the gaming industry. There's no reason why any one business model should be removed. It's just, I, I think there's a lot of work required to find ones that fit well with certain game types. Mm. And the loot box mechanic is is not an alternative to unlocking stuff through playing the game. But microtransactions yeah, can be. You should build the game first, make it stable and balanced, and then add in loot boxes, not put the loot boxes in at the start and make the game balanced for loot boxes. You could just make the loot boxes cosmetic. The reason people yeah. reacted so much to this is because of Vader. Because, yeah. because you had to get x amount of in-game thousand points you know i don't know what the number was let's make up some arbitrary number and call it twenty thousand points you had to get twenty thousand points in order to unlock vader which you could get from playing x amount of matches and winning or doing well in it in a slightly lesser amount of matches and winning or by being bad for x amount of hours you know and then you've unlocked vader you know and that was what it was mm. people wanted something that they knew was locked behind a passage of time, or people yeah, right. could spend money to unlock it through randomly feeding into loot boxes. We saw it happen with uh, Fire Emblem on the on the mobile phone. Oh, I've heard about that. Really good game, but to what it was is there was a gatchable mechanic to get extra heroes, and when you completed oh. a mission for the first time, you got a bunch of these orbs that you could feed into the gacha machine, or you could just spend money to buy some orbs, and you got goads on the gacha machines. The problem was there were a lot of duplicates in there and some people just desperately wanted their favourite characters. And so on the first day they made hundreds of thousands of pounds of people of people just buying these orbs and trying to, to get it. And there were articles of like, I've spent 
$400 on this game and I still haven't got a, a level 5 crom. And, mm. yeah. Well, I think I think one, one way of making, you know, if, if loot boxes do hang around, making them more fair, is to have no duplicates. That's, have, yeah. have, a, have a loot box never give you anything you've already got. That's true. I think Overwatch, I think Overwatch sort of just said that in events, yeah, I, think I think there was yeah, an event a while ago. Does do something like that, yeah. You know, there was an event where you wouldn't get any duplicates for like they. I think it was the one year anniversary, so you could just get all the skins. And normally, if you get a duplicate, you'll get a certain amount of points. If it's a a common one, you'll get like a hundred points. Or if it's a rare one, you'll get seven hundred points, which you can put towards buying other skins. Which is a okay system. This is a socio-economic thing as well because. Uh... There are people out there who have good jobs and have more money than they can actively, you know, spend. You know, there are people that go out to fancy restaurants every week and I don't think anyone on the team really qualifies as that. Uh, but those people can afford to sit down and go, right, yeah, I'll just drop a, I'll drop 50 quid more on this, I guess, or I'll drop 100 quid more on this, I guess. Mm. And then there's people who, you know had to trade stuff in or had to wait patiently to get the game because they couldn't afford it because they couldn't make time or sorry because they couldn't save the money because they didn't have enough money in order to get it and and they resent these these people with money having the opportunity to just shortcut hard work <laughs> it's like late stage capitalism <laughs> just cosmetic pay money loot boxes pay money to get to the front still. of the queue but yeah if we, if we just had cosmetic loot boxes you know you unlock it's the cosmetics great, at but random yeah. but if you just had cosmetics in the loot boxes rather than actual kind of like weapons and this and that and this or you had stuff like uh, in counter strike you've got stat track weapons yeah and and just things that track different things or I mean, they could take yeah, a leaf still... out of they could take a leaf out of Borderlands, this book, and have kind of the odd weapon that talks or or just screams or whatever. Uh, but these are only in the box, and they're just silly weapons and silly things. Uh, that well, would... t- uh, Team Fortress 2 did stuff like that, didn't it? They had loads yeah. of stupid weapons in it. Hmm. Yeah. Although with Team Fortress, there are each different thing has different abilities, though. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but cosmetic loot boxes, while they're not great, they're not perfect, they are a lesser evil. So instead of spending loads of money to get new mechanics, you're spending loads of money to get new pixels. But you could still unlock you could still unlock them every you know, yeah. you could unlock one for every five victories or something. It's, it's just yeah, that you could spend fifty P or a pound in order to buy one yeah. there and then. Uh that was essentially what Mass Effect freeze multiplayer was like it's still gambling but it's a less evil form of gambling but it's not locking game content behind it yeah it's it's locking visuals behind it which are game content but it's not locking kind of mechanical game content behind it mechanical locks should be you know gotten rid of that's an evil thing but i i i would personally be okay with well-designed Cosmetic loot boxes staying regulated, like Overwatch, like PUBG, and all that. Those, but as long as you know that regulated and not allowed to run rampant. The 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 thing is, they are they are not to flip flop all over the place. But I like doing that in these conversations. 
But the thing is that loot boxes are, by design, extremely addictive. People want to have the best stuff. People see other people with it and they want it. People feel like, oh, well, next time I'll win. you know. And so loot boxes are, in many ways, the predatory element of slot machines. They have the flashy lights. They have the loud noises. They have the prizes shown to you as to what you could have won. Uh... And and there's nothing stopping uh, game developers or publishers or whatever to program in constant incentives to do this. When we could make another, you could make the point that showing what you're going to get though is helping. But yeah, it's difficult. Look at player unknown. Look at player unknown battlegrounds. That, that yeah, it shows that's... you what you're going to get though. That skirt that you can get, or the dress that you can get, or whatever yeah. it is that you can get, on that first congratulations on reaching level one, or whatever it is, you get a loot box. The one rarest thing, the first thing in the game that the game says, this is a rare item, that's the most expensive item in the entire game. But there's nothing in the game that says it's worth it. I think no, it's slightly except more for rare. That, except for it's... that psychological element of it being... The one thing that every person sees yeah, is rare. It's a player-built economy that you can't... In PUBG, you cannot give money to Bluehole or PUBG Corp, whatever it is, yep. to buy loot boxes. You have to buy them from other people. Yep. But it's a, an entirely player-built economy. Although, they do get a cut from every sale made for an item for yes. their game. Yes, uh, but so... they don't set the cost, no, which I think is interesting way that if somehow loads of people decided they want to sell loot boxes the price would go down but yeah i've got a loot box from the gamescon event chilling and i'm slowly watching the cost for it go up and one day i'll sell it for a couple of quid and that that is it's a good system that i have yeah i've not spent a cent on it and i've gotten outfits i'm quite happy with just, is... to jump, just to jump in and, and bring up a couple of points that you've already raised, um, like that Dan was saying about you know <clears throat> loot boxes of you know just getting the stuff and seeing what other people have got what makes people want it more. I don't even think if they just went for purely cosmetic stuff that would end that issue, because you're going to have people saying, "Oh, well, he looks like a pink unicorn. I want that mod. I want that skin." And then people are still going to have that incentive to go mental with loot boxes. Now, yeah. my I've I've had I've had an idea of how you could <clears throat> do the same kind of thing. Instead of having random loot boxes, you do it kind of like what you get in some RPGs. So, like when you're some RPGs, you finish a quest, and then you can have the quest yeah. rewards. And there's usually about yeah. three or four, and you can choose one. So instead of just having a random loot box, you just go, oh, right, you've just hit level four. Here's three outfits. What ones do you want? And you just go, I want that one. I want to look like a horse. And then you carry on. And that that would be perfect. Like COD used to do, I think. Was it COD that kill ten people with this pistol on a round yes. and you get a new skin for that pistol? Yeah. Yeah, that's how they did it. That was... Uh... That was good. It rewarded you for being for consistently using a, a weapon, and then when you got a yeah, certain yeah, you wouldn't get stuff you didn't want. And when you'd get certain types of 
kills with it as well or do certain things you'd unlock it i think when you got did a certain amount of kills with it you were just unlocking attachments when you did mm. kills with the attachments you unlocked something for them as well and then there were other things that unlocked the skins yeah. for them so that's a pretty good system that it rewards time spent and especially time spent with a specific weapon if you see someone with a a golden jizz cannon p90 whatever uh, whatever words the kids are using these days yeah you know that that person's good and you know they spent time and that I mean, at the time, people were... Now, at the time when that came out, with Call of Duty, uh, definitely popularised in Modern Warfare, people were very, very verbally against it because the game was doing everything that people had been complaining about World of, War, World of Warcraft doing. Uh, where in every 20 or 30 seconds, you were getting a big pop-up, a big word in the middle of the screen going, headshot, 50 points, kill... Killed this player, 50 points. Kill streak, 70 points. You know, and it was just constantly s screaming at you. So when you were doing well, you were getting all of this feedback and it was popping up on screen. You've just unlocked this attachment. You've just done this and you've got the kill feed going crazy down the side. And it was kind of five or six times busier than, than when we used to play Unreal Tournament and stuff. And then that got even... This got even worse when, when Battlefield suddenly kind of reappeared, as it were, because all of a sudden you were getting bonuses for standing near teammates. Teammate got a kill, plus 20 points. Standing near teammate while a teammate spotted someone, plus 10 points. And it was all of this feedback that just kept saying to you, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, keep doing it. And people mm. were so verbal, verbally against that at the time, because it creates this kind of addictive loop that people get stuck in. Uh, where they have to keep playing the game, and that's what has evolved into that that same psychological uh, power over people is what has evolved into this new issue that we're seeing with with loot crates. And like I said, worse still, there are there are bits of features kind of in the loot crates, which is really the the problem here. I mean, like in have either of you played Forza Horizon? No. Okay, Forza Horizon series. Didn't really like the first one. Other two, really good. Uh, Fast and Furious one, really good as well. But let's ignore that for this conversation because uh, it's not really to do with it. But when you do a bunch of skills, uh, you bank the points. And when you have got enough of them, you level up. When you level up, you get a spin on this big slot machine thing. Uh, and you can Is win... an actual slot machine? Yeah, it literally appears like a slot machine. <laughs> and there are cars on it and there's money on it money for in-game credits which you can spend on unlocking cars you're always going to win something but there's cars on it right but there's no way to go i want to spend 15 pounds and, and buy some more spins on this slot machine but there are cars in there that are very expensive for you to buy with in-game funds but it's just a nice little bonus it's a nice little oh you've done really well here's a chance to win something you want a car brilliant well done but my understanding is that now I've not fully looked into this, but my understanding is that that slot machine mechanic has been deepened even further with the newest Forza Motorsport rather than Forza Horizon. Although I don't know, don't know too much about it, but I've seen people complaining about the slot machine mechanic in that being used to unlock certain cars rather than, than other things. And that's that's where the danger 
that's where the danger lies when you start putting actual things in the game uh behind things that you can pay money for i, I think that's mm. the that's the issue so i mean microtransactions were always a point of contention especially when games weren't free uh, when the game was free, people were like, yeah, okay, that's no problem. When it was ad revenue, people were like, I, I hate ads, but I'd rather do that than pay for the game. Yeah. Uh, people used to complain about small DLCs. Uh, and obviously, way back, people used to complain about ridiculous, ridiculously overpriced mini expansions as well that you used to have to buy a disc for and you only got like six levels or whatever. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm done on this conversation before I start talking around in circles. Yeah, it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's certainly a weird issue and it's not going to go away anytime soon, but it's uh, going to be something interesting to keep an eye on because uh, it's going to have massive ramifications across the entire industry yep. and may potentially even kill mobile gaming. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That's what they survive on. Well, ad revenue as well. Well, yeah, I suppose that too as well. It's going to hamper and... It's going to change well, uh, some f- forms the face of the industry. Yeah, certainly. So anyway, next up we've got, uh, just on the list, it just says Gazillion, question mark. And uh, it's a developer that got shut down uh, recently this week. So over to you, Toby. Yes, yeah, so I saw this. Uh, Gazillion, it was a studio, it was founded by Romero. A while back, and it's shut down. I think it was the day before Thanksgiving, which would be slightly hard. But they had a license for Marvel. It was an online Marvel game, and it either shut down or there's possibly talk that it was taken away for them for internal things, which I really have no idea, so I won't comment on it. But Gazillion and their Marvel Online Universe. Jobbery do has shut down. Just short little thing. Now this cost. Uh, this game was a game that actually cost money to unlock heroes, as I recall. I think oh, you. No. I think you could get them through, you know, general progression. But a lot of people went in, bought their favourite hero, and then kept playing. And I know a couple of people on the couple of people on the team, Lou and Stefan, uh, quite enjoyed the game actually. So, yeah, uh, really. This is a. This kind of goes back to that earlier conversation. I'm so sorry uh, about digital things, about how we don't really own games, how we just have license to play them, as it were, uh, and how we can be. You know, somebody might not have known that they were shutting down and could literally have bought something for it half an hour before they shut down, and that's it. It's gone. So. Yeah, I think it's it's a problem that you that we've seen obviously people have run into before is when you have licenses for these big properties they're not cheap <laughs> especially when it's yeah, that... by Disney the licenses were costing them probably a bomb and obviously it must have got to the point where they just weren't making enough money mm. so they couldn't renew the license they lose it they can't run the game anymore that is possibly what happened with Battlefront as well there's talk that Disney possibly had a talking to EA about all this and that's why EA kind of stepped back from yeah well Disney can't have anything that makes them look bad can they 
Yeah, I, I do believe I'm quoting from uh, one of the things from Hawaii that they called Battlefront a Star Wars-themed casino. Which, obviously, especially with the next Star Wars coming out, unless, I think, in a couple of weeks, is really not a good image for Disney. No. No, they definitely don't it. want bad press about that, do they? Yeah, so it'd been very interesting to see how those conversations went of Disney coming and stopping all this stuff. I think that's going to be something we're never going to know. That's going to be secret backroom talk. I don't think it will come out. Ten years, some will come forth with an account. All this incident will be quite interesting to look back in ten years or so and see how this changed the industry. Yeah. Well, like, like, like last one the other week, we were discussing how 2007 was a brilliant year for games. We'll look back on 2017 and go, God, that was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> Who knows, maybe we'll have another video game death, whatever that was with Atari in the 80s. Oh, the crash. That's no. all. 2017 can never be considered bad, because the Switch came out, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, and uh, what was it as well? Sonic Mania, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, everything yeah, else Mania. is going to die. <laughs> PC, PlayStation, Xbox, everyone's gonna, everything's going to die from the loot box. Also, <laughs> it's just going to be the Switch on its own. See, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> Nintendo has won. That would be that would be awesome. Anyway, time for me to talk about something because I very rarely have my own topics. But some things I've been looking at this week is uh, I'm a big fan of uh, modifying games consoles and such. I mean, emulation's good, but there's nothing quite like being able to play on original hardware. Plus, obviously, doing doing stuff with the hardware was never meant to do so i i mean i had i think at one point i had four original xboxes and they were all doing weird things so one was just purely emulation one was actually running my website at the time it was running a web server and all that different kind of thing but this week so first off uh one of the groups has found a kernel exploit for the switch and they've been able to successfully run homebrew software on the switch which which could potentially be quite damaging this early on in its uh, lifetime. Um, so that's not a particularly good thing. Although, no. although the thing is that the exploit that they found can only be run on um, version three point of the software. Um, Mario Odyssey updates. If even if you haven't got an internet connection, Mario Odyssey updates your switch to four point So. Oh. I would imagine there's not going to be many people that have got a 3.0 Switch anymore. Uh, it's the, is it going to be like the PSP all over again, wherein people are going yeah. to have to work on so rollbacks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to do a, try and do a downgrade and and all things like that. So, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it could be that they figure out a way of making the expert work on on later systems. But it always happens like this. They always find a, a, something for the. The older software, and then all you know, gradually catch up, and then bang, they they get they, they get there in the end. Yeah, like the like the PSP, you had to be initially. I think it was on one point five, and if you update further than that, you couldn't do anything. So you had to downgrade to one point five, and all kind of weird stuff. Which is why I had two PSPs originally. I had an original Japanese one, which was still running one point firmware, and then I had a British one that I used for playing modern games. But interestingly. Another thing came out this week, which is that they've basically finally broken the PS3 properly. 
So wow. obviously previously this this was another situation where the mod would only work if you had 3.55 or you had a system that could downgrade to 3.55 which is only a very certain subset of systems like the new super slims you can't mod them at all and and all this other kind of thing but they've just released a new one that works on 4.82 which is the latest firmware on the on the PlayStation 3 um, you can mod install custom firmware on it. You can run backup games. You can put emulators and, and all kinds of stuff on it now. And you don't have to have an old system. It's just whatever system you've got, which is which is excellent. And to be honest, um, the exploit actually came out for one point eight, no four point eight one. Then Sony immediately put an update out, but didn't fix it. And the the, gotcha. the theory is is that basically. The PS3 is pretty much legacy now, so you don't really care. Which would make sense to me. But I think it's kind of cool that they've finally managed to get... Because PlayStation 3 was one of the systems, it was almost almost like a holy grail, and they, they thought they'd never be able to do it. Because it works on a very bizarre architecture, obviously because of the cell processor and all that kind of weird stuff. But it's good to see that they've finally managed to get around and, and get it done. So because they've moved away from complicated awkwardness like the cell processor does does do you think that that means that the ps4 will be more easily cracked ah right so i was actually talking to this about this with my nephew the other day now the ps4 i don't i don't know how the ps4 works so we, we were more talking about the xbox one x or the xbox one so i don't know how you know, how much you know about the internal uh, software architecture of the xbox no go on but <laughs> it runs on what's called a hypervisor. So there's <laughs> That's a really there's... cool name. That sounds yeah. like the kind of thing that I'd put on before I get on my hyperbike and go run down some of the <laughs> some of the gritters and fugs that have taken over downtown. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's something that's attached to a Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it kind of it kind of comes from the term supervisor, right? But it's but it does more stuff. So basically just above the hardware you've got this hypervisor layer, which is a, a software layer that is where it has direct access to all the hardware. Then on top of that, the Xbox One X actually runs two virtual machines. Uh -huh. So the games run in one virtual machine and the OS slash menu runs in another virtual machine. So which is, they run basically completely independently of each other and can, but they can in interact with each other. But because of that sort of, two-step abstraction away from the hardware and the sort of deep down BIOS, the Xbox One X is going to, or the Xbox One, is going to be something very, very complicated to break. Because there's a lot of software encryption going on there. Which is a bit crazy. Now the PS4 I don't know. I, I've, I've not looked into what kind of architecture they're running there. But I mean, it's taken them this long to do the PS3. I can only imagine the PS4 will be even more secure. So, could you install Linux on the PS3? You could. And that was a completely hmm. uh, legit supported uh, feature. It wasn't even hacked. It was just there was an option on the, on the menu. Install other OS. And you just would get a mouse keyboard and the, the right disk put in and install it. But they've done it before. They did it for the PS2. There was a Linux wow. kit for the PS2 as well. Which was kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what, what I suppose what I want to know is what, what's your general thoughts on modifying and 
and playing around with what I would more say is older systems. I'm I'm not too much of a fan of the fact that they've all pretty much almost cracked the switch already. But older systems like the PS3, you know, it's last gen, it's legacy, it's not really super relevant anymore. What are your thoughts on on doing that? Do you think it's it's a fine thing to do? Uh, I think there's definitely got to be a set time where it, I suppose it's like retro, isn't it? Really, when there's a chance that nobody's going to be making money from it anymore is it is it viable at that at that point i mean the issue is now that the ps3 library is something that sony are going to attempt to resell to people uh if they're not already reselling select games to them through playstation now so it becomes a bit questionable at that point although i'm sure it was questionable before but like when a company's gone fully bankrupt, it's essentially abandonware, even if somebody's got the IP rattling around. Uh... Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not even talking about just specifically, because I mean, obviously there are going to be the people that do it specifically to play copied games. Yeah. But I'm talking about just opening up that system for to do other stuff. Like obviously the original Xbox was, you know, made to do everything, web servers, a media. Yep player like you know obviously what cody is now started out as an xbox app for modified xboxes um yeah. and you know running emulators and things like that i mean do you think that's that's a cool thing to do to old systems and it just because personally for me it gives older systems just more life you can do more with them and it just gives them a new lease i do think it's cool when stuff is altered to be used for a different purpose uh, yes definitely and and what with the whole microcomputers movement as well it's always very impressive to see what people can do with 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 older technology like there's the whole people use the ps1 for the whole one of the one of the satellites not satellites was it one of the things that we sent to space recently was running on a ps1 and it's stuff like that. So yeah, I I think that's utterly fascinating. Uh, I think it was the 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 well, I, it's not it wasn't a lander, but what was it that we crashed into Saturn or Jupiter? Cassini. That was Cassini? it. I think I think that had a PS One in it. Uh, yeah, and the Air Force had supercomputers out of Playstations. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's brilliant when people can take older restricted things, and yeah, you're right, and use that technology. For better, uh, I think that's very impressive. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of those as much more than computers for they playing games the CPU on though. That's from my original problem. PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but I, I think my problem is that I don't see, unlike yourself, Terry, I don't see old consoles as anything other than an old console for playing games, and I know that's a problem, but. Uh, I think if a lot more of mine had been dropped when I was younger and I'd seen what was inside of them, I'd probably have a much more inquisitive uh, mechanical mind. Uh, but but I don't at the minute. But it is very cool to see things repurposed. And it's like it's like how it's pretty awesome when you see people have built a computer inside like a, I don't know, a table or inside a car or inside of this or of that yeah just the when you just, go to just the, the general mods and yeah and yeah and, and you see people messing with the shape and getting it into laying compute submerging them entirely in oil and that's <laughs> that's 
all very cool stuff and changing the capacity and it's it's science really isn't it it's an experimentation of 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 and study of what was and what is and, and a redefinition of it's exploration of technology yeah i uh, i saw one the other day that i would love love to have got my whole hands on but it was a sort of a one off guy thing that this guy had made he had an original master system yeah and he'd gutted a game gear and put the guts inside the master system. Cool. And then uh, put so there was there was a master a Game Gear cartridge slot then on the top as well. Yeah. And he even modified one of the controllers to include a start button, which obviously the master system didn't. Sweet. Have. So you didn't have to get up and walk over to it. Yeah. So yeah. It, so, <laughs> and so it was just a little switch on the back that went from master system to Game Gear. Yeah. And it was all in one, and it was it was a fantastic system that someone had made. Oh, I saw someone they modded a. An N sixty four, and they, it, they'd gone mental. So they, it basically he he only really played one player game. So he'd taken the other three controller ports off of the front and sort of smoothed it all off. So there's only one port now on the front. Um, he had an EverDrive cartridge which had every game on it, and he kind of embedded that inside the system. So there wasn't even a cartridge slowing at the top. It was just like this smooth N sixty four console, and he painted it all gold. There was no cartridge slot on the top. It was a, and it just looked gorgeous. <laughs> but he had every game possible. But he'd also reallocated the three controller ports to an external unit that he could plug in in case he wanted to play multiplayer, and also had a, a remote power like a like a key fob. Yeah. So he could turn it on and off and reset it remotely. <laughs> I was like, that's just brilliant. I wish I knew how to do some of that stuff. It is. I have a question for you, Terry. Yep. Go on. What is it? What's the difference between PlayStation and Xbox that we have all these stories of PlayStations being used as clusters and supercomputers and being used in Cassini? Why is there nothing about the Xbox? What's different about them? Well, well, like with because obviously the Cassini stuff, obviously the, that that one, the Cassini, that was just it was the hardware. They just used the CPU. It wasn't a physical PlayStation in there. It was just what the CPU. Yeah, but they, was. they grabbed the chip. Yeah. For what? Obviously, it was just it was. They obviously just went well. So it's a reduced. It's a risk chip, so it's got a reduced instruction set. So there's no massive overhead, and it obviously was just powerful enough to what they wanted it to do. As for the people making the the clusters and the supercomputers, it was because they allowed you to install Linux. They didn't have to be modified to do that. You could just go right. I'll install Linux on twenty of them, and then it's just a Linux PC at that point. So you can just do whatever you want. Xbox has never allowed you to do that. You could with the original Xbox. <laughs> I had Linux on one of my original Xboxes. There were probably a lot more different to the Xbox One and PlayStation Ten. Really? What? Who? What? There's the difference between Xbox and Windows is quite shrinking these days. Well, it is. Xbox runs on a Windows Ten kernel. It's just the UI is different. Yeah. Underneath it all, it just runs Windows 10. That's why you. That's why a lot of the Microsoft games now are using that universal executable. It is literally the same game that works on both systems. There's no difference in the code base. Does that mean I can put my Xbox games in my computer and run them? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No, but but it doesn't. You do raise an interesting point though, in as much as obviously in the past. To run, say, Mega Drive games or whatever games on a PC, we've had to run an emulator. But the PS4 and the Xbox One, 
are running on AMD processors with ATI graphics cards, they're, they're just PCs. So to run those games on a PC shouldn't require any emulation. Just some kind of compatibility layer. So how well, long until know, that appears? Yeah, this is what this is the thing. How how long? So I don't know if you have you either of you ever heard of the application Wine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was an abstraction layer that basically allowed like DirectX stuff to run on Linux. Technically, it would only take an app like that to be able to run PS4 games and Xbox games on a PC. Just something that sits between the the hardware and the game, but but there isn't emulation. Because at the end of the day, it's just PC stuff that it's talking. So it'll be interesting to see if they can break that. I mean, obviously, like, again, like the Microsoft one, it's got the weird dual VM and encryption and stuff, though, so that's going to be complicated. But the PlayStation one, because the PlayStation technically is running Linux. So, I don't know. It should be easy, theoretically, but obviously I'm not a programmer or a hardware hacker or anything. <laughs> but, but yeah, so theoretically, it's a PC, so why can't we just make them compatible? But anyway, I think that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. So, I've been Terry, they've been uh, Toby and Dan, and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.